Welcome to Cinnamon Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Munn. I realize it's been a while since we've done a show. It's been quite a while, actually. Uh, so I decided, since I have the time right now, to sit down and just kind of try to catch up on a couple things, maybe hit one or two news topics, and then send you on your merry um, back to doing whatever it is you were doing before you clicked on our little link. Summer's been busy. It's been a busy year, uh, all in all. Lots of stuff going on. A couple screens have gone to, not as many as I used to. Um, obviously, I went to Comic-Con, got some great stories out of there, which hopefully I can get to tap on a little later uh, as we go through the show or through the season. I'm hoping to make this more of a regular thing again. Uh, I do apologize for the long hiatus. Uh, as with all of us, life life happens and life gets in the way and things happen and, and events occur and changes of plans and we kind of rearrange our priority, priorities of, of things. So as priorities have been kind of rearranged and things put down and things picked up, um, this unfortunately got kind of let by the wayside and not because I didn't want to do it. Believe me, I've been wanting to do this for a while. And I've even had people ask me, you know, when are you going to sit down and do it again? When are you going to do a podcast again? I miss listening to the show again. So <clears throat> finding the time right now has been a wonderful treat to sit down and just record a show. Uh, first thing, Comic-Con was, yes, it was a blast. I got two days inside the convention hall. Uh, I got to uh, listen to some wonderful stories, got to meet some new artists, got to meet some familiar faces from Marvel Studio, from What a Workshop, from uh, Sideshow Collectibles. Um, getting the news out of Comic-Con, I know it was July and this is now the end of September, so the news that came out of Comic-Con is the news that came out of Comic-Con, and I can leave it at that. Uh, if you'd love me to touch on some points, I would love to do that for you. A lot of new stuff coming out of Marvel, Marvel Television, Marvel Studios, as well as the new Disney Plus app, which I am quite excited to see and try out for myself. Um, I don't know about all you, but I, th I think that's going to be a win. I think it's going to be a major win for a lot of us and obviously for Disney. So uh, as far as that goes, that, that, that should be fun. I hope we get to walk and talk and sit and review The Mandalorian as it comes on, Lady and the Tramp when that comes out uh, in November, and all these other cool things they got coming up there, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision. <laughs> I even get to tap back into some old childhood memories of cartoons and movies that I watched uh, when I was much younger than I am right now. Summer movies were good. I enjoyed, I'd say, a good handful of them. Uh, one of the more surprising ones was Yesterday from Danny Boyle and Universal Studios. Very interesting, very fun, very original premise. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Um, the acting was fine. The storyline was great couple things the only thing that bothered me I'd say about the movie is if you haven't seen the film it's basically about a gentleman who who gets in an accident and wakes up the next day and the, wakes up in a world that does not know the Beatles the Beatles music of John Paul George and Ringo wakes up in that kind of world and in a I guess desire to kind of bring it all back and also to advance his own career musically he pawns their music and songs off as his own and becomes a sensation, a hit star uh, across the world. My only issue with that film is in the way that the music is done, because it's still done in the same manner as the Beatles music was in the 60s, in the 70s, <clears throat> would that music still be accepted in that exact way if it was introduced today as a brand new band? Let's say instead of, like, instead of uh, some of the bands and rappers and artists we have out there now, if the Beatles were introduced as a brand new thing within the last couple of years, would they be as, as accepted 
as relevant, as loved as they are with the 50-year history behind them? I'm really not sure about that. I, I want to say yes, but I don't think it would happen that way. Um, not to say that people don't love singers and songwriters. I do. I, I, that's some of my, my favorite genre, probably, of music is singer-songwriter. There's a lot of Bob Dylan, uh, Johnny Cash. I've even gotten to kind of fall back into some older music like uh, Marty Robbins, a little bit of Elvis. Um, I listen to Hendrix still. I listen to you know Janis Joplin still. And while those qualify more as rock, they're still singer-songwriter. Um, James Morrison, I like is a little more modern. Vance Joy, and obviously in the film himself is Ed Sheeran, playing Ed Sheeran. Not a big stretch. <clears throat> so that is a film I really enjoyed. The Lion King, The Lion King came out uh, on my birthday. Uh, so you remember the release date for that, then that was on my birthday. Uh, directed by John Favreau, another, not a live action adaptation, but more of a photo reel adaptation of a uh, animated Disney classic. And while the story itself was very much the same story, there was a couple additives, a little more backbone given to it, a little more motive even for your villain of Scar, um, kind of preaching like the lower class to the upper class, which was a little, you know, a little political, a little heady. If The parents, I think, probably got it more than the kids did, and that's fine. Uh, overall, the story was the same. The songs are the same. It's a little harder to accept them because the versions that we have in our head are so well known for so long that it, it doesn't feel quite the same. While the vocal performances were fair to good, a lot of them were very flat, a little monotone. I'd say the standouts were Billy Eicher and Seth Rogen with their banter back and forth as Tamana Pumba. Obviously a highlight in the animated film and still a highlight even in the photo reel version uh, that we got this year. The additive songs for Beyonce Knowles, uh, such as Spirit, not necessary. If you've seen the Broadway show or have heard the soundtrack to the Broadway show, you know there's some really good music in that show. And why was that not brought into the film itself? I don't know. Visually, it's stunning. It's beautiful. It's wonderfully done. Um, if you have seen it, that first shot, the opening shot of the sunrise on the, I guess, the Serengeti, the safari, that is the only real shot in that film. That was actually shot in Africa, set up a camera, and caught a sunrise. It gives a little, it's like a stepping stone for the audience into believing, since you believe that pretty much everything in the movie is, is fake, well, that had to be fake too. And that is actually a real image, a real shot, shot on, uh, captured on camera. And that makes it easier for you to accept the photo reel environments and characters and such that you get for the rest of the film because something was so established and your brain accepted it, your mind accepted it as real, that it accepts the rest of it as, you know, realistic. So that was fun. It's a fine film. It's not great. It's not, I, I think I enjoyed The Jungle Book a little bit more even though there were less songs in that than there are in The Lion King. The Lion King does hit every song, though not quite in the same way it should have. I think Jeremy Irons' take of Be Prepared is much stronger than Chiwetel Ejiofor's uh, remake uh, cover of it. Beyonce Knowles, obviously Beyonce is Beyonce. Um, she's hit and miss as an actress. As a singer, well, opinions are opinions. I, I really have none one whatsoever as far as her singing goes. She was fine in the film. I'll leave it at that. Spider-Man Far From Home. This was the summer movie I was probably looking forward to the most. Um, it's a lot of fun, an excellent sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming, and a nice uh, next step after Avengers Endgame. I was going to write and or record a review for Avengers Endgame, but 
if you've listened to this show for any length of time, you probably know my opinion already on Avengers Endgame. I loved it to death. Uh, and we love you, 3000. Spider-Man Far From Home was a lot of fun. It's not so much... No, it wasn't as funny as Homecoming was. It was a little more of a love story. It was really kind of dealing with the struggle back and forth of Peter between the responsibility of Spider-Man and the desires of a young man's heart. And that was nice. The villainous twist in the film with uh, Quentin Beck and Mysterio, that was excellent and done. I sat there waiting and waiting for the, the turn to happen. And when it did happen, I turned to my girlfriend, kind of gave her a told you. And she kind of looked at me with a... Uh, I think a comment of, you know, what you read? You read, you read, spoilers, spoilers. I said, yeah, I read a comic book, and I knew this was coming. So that was that was uh, one of the best parts of that for me. I loved it. I think it was a great film. The end credits sequence, both of them, one's an excellent fan service, um, for those of you who've been watching those movies since the early 2000s. And the post credit scene is a nice step towards a promising future for the Spider-Man franchise and the MCU as a whole. I think there is no stopping that train of Disney and Marvel uh, in the coming future. And I'm fine with that. There's no issue for me there. If you haven't seen Spider-Man Far From Home, I should be coming out, I believe, next week on Blu-ray DVD. It's already on digital. Um, if you're a person who buys digital, I'm, I'm really not. Um, feel free to go buy it and you get to all those lovely goodies and bonuses. Actually, I think right now it's still in theaters as a extended cut with six, six or seven minutes of deleted material that was kind of shown in the trailers but was not in the final film. They decided to re-release it, um, extend its uh, stay in the theater, and add in some of those cutscenes uh, back into the film. So I have not seen it yet. I, I want to. So hopefully I get to before it leaves the theater, uh, but we'll see. Speaking of Spider-Man and Disney, uh, about a month ago or so, we received news. Not we as a podcast, but we as a whole. We as a general public uh, of peoples out there received news that... Sony Pictures and Disney Marvel Studios will be parting ways in the Spider-Man franchise. They could not come to an agreement with the character as far as the the financing goes and decided to step away from each other and say, okay, Spider-Man will be leaving the MCU and going back to his own uh, solo individual stories with Sony with no mention or connection back to the MCU. That was heartbreaking. It came off as selfish and, and or greedy on either or both sides of, of the studio system. That, that's really dependent on you and what you think of, of Sony and what you think of Disney. I know Disney is a big old mega conglomerate, conglomerate now who's kind of seems to almost is like uh, the train uh, burrowing down the track, devouring, devouring studios and uh, IPs left and right. But when you see something good, you take it. And I think that's what Disney's doing. And so I think it's a little smart on their end as far as I'm concerned. Uh, last Friday, we got news that the two studios are once again working together with Tom, Ho- Tom Holland's hero set to star in a Sony film produced by Marvel's Ken Feige, as well as integrated into the MCU. So our third Spider-Man film, which we have not have a title for, but we do have a release date of July 16th, 2021, um, will be coming. So I'm very excited for that. Um, that's, um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, praying, and guessing that if they do anything, they'll start leaning more into their Sinister Six storyline, which I think would be a lot of fun to see on screen. Uh, now, part of the deal is that Spider-Man will get his uh, one more solo film under the Marvel banner, as well as one more group film under the Marvel banner. Now, as far as a group film goes, 
who knows what that entails? I don't, who knows what that entails with Avengers? Maybe it's him just jumping in with like, you know, one or two or three characters as opposed to the entire team or group. Uh, we have no idea. It's far too early to tell right now. Um, so speculation is all a flutter in our hearts and minds. The, the last movie I want to talk about really quick is It Chapter 2. Now, when the first It came out two years ago, uh, I was really excited and nervous and scared and all that good stuff. Not because I, I, didn't, I thought it would be a bad film, but because I, I, I love the book so much. And even the, the, the 90s TV movie, as cheesy as it is nowadays, is still pretty impactful. And probably one of the main reasons I'm, I'm scared of clowns, between that and Batman and other things. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of clowns. But uh, it was a, a great time at the films. It scared the hell out of me. Um, I, uh, I, I, I loved the chemistry between the kids, and I was excited to see where they would go with the adults. So It Chapter 2, which came out earlier this month, <clears throat> I went to go see with uh, uh, some friends and my girlfriend. And walking into that film, I was again excited. I was, you know, I had expectations. Not that I expected a great film, but that I expected it to blend uh, well with the, with the, uh, the previous and it did, for the most part. Um, while the character work was there, some of the chemistry was not always. I liked that they went a little more in depth into the the mysticism and the the kind of wonderment of what the ritual of Chud should be. I, th I wish they had gone further with it because it, it goes really deep in the book if you've read the book, and it gets really weird and almost psychedelic and you know multiversey, and it's a lot of fun. Having, they, they, they touched on it. They, they kind of, you know, dipped their toe in the water with the film. But I'm hoping, I was hoping it really would go further. Obviously, if you've read any reviews on it, you, you, hear, you hear and you know that Bill Hader is a standout. And he really was. It was really exciting and really fun to see him take on the role of uh, Richie Tozer. And it just really brings some great life. Having the great performance, the scene-stealing performances of Finn Wolfhard in the first half of It. And then having Bill Hader... Uh, take that character and age him and keep that humor. It blends perfectly. It's a great uh, blend of two actors who have an excellent take on a character and made it seamlessly go from one, from one age to another. That was really well done. Um, there are aspects of it that are still a little cheesy. There are parts of it that are still scary, though never quite as scary, at least to me, as the first part was. I think the first part um, holds a little more water. I think the character work is better, and I think the storyline is, is it's mu probably much more easier to relate to, being as a lot of us have been children, you know, and understand childhood fears. And that's really what the, that, that first part of the film, that first film was about, is childhood fears. Uh, that being said, it's not, I don't think it's a terrible film. Uh, while I have sat around and joked with friends and such about um, some of the writing, especially the ending of the movie, and how I think at points lackluster it is, and really kind of, just kind of, trips a little on its own shoelaces. Uh, while I don't hate it, I, I do think it could have been better, but I really am trying to figure out how you could have done that without first going full on into the uh, multiverse and um, mysticalness of, of the storyline itself. Um, certain characters seem to be a little wasted. Um, certain character decisions were also questionable. Uh, not bad, just questionable. I mean, if, if you get understanding or reasoning from the writers, on why they did what, it might help clarify some things. That being said, it's 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 still I think it's worth at least a matinee show. I mean, if you're if you're if you like horror films, 
if you you know looking for a good little blockbuster to go to or a good fun kind of date night thing i think it chapter two is still a worthy uh worthy of, of those uh viewings so hopefully i'm giving you a little insight into my thoughts my ideas i do plan on doing another podcast uh very soon i just want to kind of touch base with you again i know it's been a while uh, believe me, I've missed it, and this has felt really cathartic to just get back on the mic and talk to you a bit and share my thoughts and feelings. I hope, I hope, I hope that um, we get to find and meet some new subscribers um, as I am recording now using the Anchor Podcast app, um, which is a brand new thing for me to be delving into and trying. So we'll see what happens. Um, if you do like our back catalog, we are still on YouTube um, under Cinnamon. You can find us on Instagram at Cinnamon, and I can't wait to get back on this again soon. We'll see you at the concession stand.